And welcome once again to another edition of City View with Mayor Tom Koch, one of Podcast Quincy's podcast, as we will have more in the future. We're actually recording tomorrow, Mayor, with uh, with Bob Damon over at the Church of the Presidents, and we'll be having uh, more podcasts to add to the Podcast Quincy repertoire. You can find this podcast in all of your podcast uh, platforms, in all of whatever your favorite podcast app is, iTunes, Google Play Store, you know, wherever you get your podcasts. So, um, Mayor, welcome once again. Great day out there, Mac. Looking out the window, the sun is actually shining. So, April showers do bring May flowers. We had quite a few showers over the last few days, so... We sure did. Yeah, yeah. It's good to see the sun. It really is, and happy Easter to you, and I know it's a great week for you because uh, you have some, some a homecoming of some sort this week, right? Actually, yeah, last Saturday, um, you know, we were blessed. We had uh, the clan home for the weekend uh, for Easter. Uh, my oldest is uh, up at St. Joe's in Maine, so he was home for Easter and went back up Monday. Uh, finishing up up there, graduating May, captain lacrosse team along with Mikey Finn of North Quincy High. Um, and uh, they've, they've had a good experience up there. Um, so looking forward to graduation. And then, of course, my uh, my twins, Abigail and Tom. Tom was, came home Saturday. He's in the Marine Corps. and. Doing well, but it's great to see him um, getting together with both sides of the family at different nights, uh, catching up on the stories, and also uh, I had a very good Easter. You know, we were all together. Is, that's great. Uh, what it's all about. Oh, that's really good. That's great, and a beautiful week uh, as well. So um, we're just going to jump in. We have a lot to cover today. So you, typically we've been doing three different subjects, but we're going to we're going to hit a lot of uh, topics to, this right. week. So let's give it a whirl. Um, let's talk about uh, something that is in the back page of the Quincy Sun. It's your prayer breakfast that you started many years ago. And that'll be on May 2nd, which is also the National Day of Prayer. So it's something that's called the Mayor's Prayer Breakfast. Let's talk a little bit about that and what this is about. Oh, sure, sure. Um, you know, the uh, National Day of Prayer has been going on for many, many years. And uh, we thought a number of years ago, uh, local community, we could tie into that. I know that some of the clergy members used to gather in front of City Hall for some prayer um, and uh, joined in that in the early years. But I, I thought it was an opportunity to come together as a community um, not only to come together in prayer, prayer for our nation, pray for our community, but also raise a few dollars for some local charities, uh, put the uh, words into action, if you will. Um, and so we've been doing that each of the last several years. I'm truly grateful to the Flatley Foundation. The Flatley Foundation was created uh, with the, the death of uh, Tom Flatley, who was quite uh, quite a builder, quite a developer, uh, quite an entrepreneur, uh, very well known locally, and uh, had quite an empire. And um, so uh, I know some of his kids serve on the foundation. Uh, we approached his son John a few years ago, and he embraced the whole idea. So they uh, they provide thirty thousand dollars. So there's ten thousand to go each of three different uh, charities. Uh, Interfaith is one of them. Salvation Army is another, and and uh, used to be S. Sanga Center, but they're going out of business. Uh, we thank them for all the work they've done over the years. Forty, um, yeah, 40 plus years of service. Yeah, sure. it's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. Uh, you know, Reverend Wooster and the whole team, we thank them for all their good work. Uh, they're having a, a special service Sunday to kind of uh, honor all the work and a little bit of a send-off, if you will. So this year we're going to be doing that charity to Mother Olga, uh, the daughters of Mary of Nazareth, who do some amazing work in the community in a lot of different ways. Uh, so... Those three entities will be the beneficiaries of it. I understand we've got over 100 tickets sold at this point. We usually have a nice uh, nice program with some uh, music and some speaking and a uh, nice gathering, and it's uh, up at the Terrell Room, and 
Um, you probably have more details on how to get a ticket, Mark. I do. You can get a ticket by going to interfaithsocialservices.com. You can get your tickets there. Or it's .org, actually, interfaithsocialservices.org for tickets. And we have about 125, 130 sold, so we have about 75 tickets left to sell. And that's actually a good number at this point. Usually they all kind of jam in, but it's $25 a ticket. It's a great event, and it's at 7 a.m. at uh, the Elks, Thursday, May Also known as the Terrell Room up on Quarry Street. Yeah, exactly right. So thanks for talking about that, Mayor. We're going to move right on. Uh, Yesterday, the governor was in town once again, and something that you have been, I know, a fan of and doing for a long time when you were commissioner of the Parks Department, but planting trees is one of your, I know it's one of your passions. Well, it is, and and we've uh, we've lost uh, a lot of trees in the urban forest over the recent decades um, due to those urban conditions. Uh, You know, a lot of road salt we use today, uh, compaction, you know, the... Utility companies cut the trees up at the tops to keep them out of the wires. So there's a, there's a lot of uh, challenges for a tree to make it today in the urban environment. So yesterday uh, was a celebration of the state planting the 20th thousand tree statewide through the program with the DCR, which is something the governor was uh, pushing a few years back. Um, they did 10,000 in three years, and the governor said, I want another 10,000, but you got a year to do it. So they so they got 10,000 this last year planted up to 20. And he challenged them again yesterday. I'd like to see another ten to twenty thousand in the next couple of years. So trees are very important to the environment. Not to sound too much like a tree hugger, but the reality is uh, they breathe in all the uh, junk in the air and breathe out breathe oxygen. So they're really the lungs of our community in many ways. So they're they're very important. They also add value. They provide shade. They provide habitat for the birds and some of the uh, you know animals in the environment. Um, and uh, they just add tremendous value real estate-wise as well. So they're important to, to do that. So we had already crafted our municipal budget. Uh, I plan on bringing in a, a pretty sizable amount each year using some hotel tax money for an annual tree planting program within our city. And we'll be talking more about that later. But it's always good to see the governor. Uh, he's been a tremendous partner, state partner with us here in Quincy on a lot of issues, on a lot of things, whether it's the opioid issue, whether it's uh, infrastructure issues, uh, uh, you name it. Uh, so yesterday was at, was at North Quincy High School. Him and uh, DCI Commissioner Leo Roy, um, and uh, you know I look up to the governor. I mean I have no choice. The guy is uh, very tall, uh, but I do look up to him uh, as a leader for the state. He's been a great manager. Uh, all the work that he's led on the MBTA improvements uh, to Quincy, the Red Line, uh, his help with our downtown, and uh, just just been a tremendous partner. So him and. Lieutenant Governor Pleader have been tremendous. So I did take him inside, though. We, we went inside the school, and Kristen Houlihan, who's a school nurse at North, has just been chosen the, by the state uh, organization of school nurses as the school nurse of the year in Massachusetts. Wow. Uh, so I brought him in to say hello to her and, and congratulate her, and she got a big kick out of that. Certainly happy for Kristen and all the work she does. Uh, and I was explaining to him that North Quincy High, he's asking me a few questions, but I was telling him how my parents went to North Quincy High School, that... I met my wife at North Quincy High School, and three of my children graduated from North Quincy High School, never mind all the cousins and sure. aunts and uncles. So uh, a lot of tradition at that school. We have two great high schools in this community, Quincy High and North Quincy High. I just happened to be uh, growing up three blocks from North, so that was the selection. <laughs> uh, but it's always great to see the governor in our city, and uh, particularly when he's bringing resources. So we're, we're grateful is. for his visit once again. Certainly is we you know I was I was meeting with a, a well known 18th century interpreter who who dresses like that Graham Marsden was in this morning we were discussing this very topic and he gave me a great uh, a great saying a Latin saying called Rus in urbe which means countryside in the city mm-hmm. that's about the 
depth of my Latin, and let's move on. In a nice segue into our into what's happening on May 4th, which is Cleaner Greener. It's something that's been going on for a long, long time, and the city comes out to clean the city. Let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, sure. That uh, This year is the 30th anniversary of the Cleaner Greener, which is pretty remarkable. Uh, it was started, um, actually, I was chief of staff under Jim Sheets. I was started in 1990 um, in his first term. At that time, um, the city was wasn't in the best of shape. It really wasn't. I and mean, we were still, you know, as many municipalities, were coming out of the the remnants of the abrupt two and a half years when budgets were cut drastically, particularly DPW parks to save teachers and firemen and policemen. And so the maintenance of our city and aesthetically, it was not in great shape. The parks were in tough shape. The city was dirty. Um, so we, we really uh, spent a lot of time uh, bringing the pride back, if you will, and Clean and Green has started actually one ward per weekend. That's how uh, crazy it was. We were pulling out old cars, mattresses, uh, refrigerators, and washing machines out of marshes and park areas, uh, broken glass everywhere. I mean, it was pretty intense. So, you know, it's evolved over the years. Uh, people set aside that first Monday in May. They know it's coming. We've got natural uh, organizations that just automatically, there's people that live near the beach, they go to the beach. People that live near one of their parks, they go to the park. People that live maybe near a school, they go to the school uh, and join in the effort at each of these places. But the beauty is today we're cleaning up uh, a lot more minor stuff. It's just a typical spring cleanup of clean, cleaning up some twigs and leaves and perhaps there's some broken glass here and there. Unfortunately, today we find a needles here and there that we got to be very careful of. Um, and then, of course, the winter debris that comes in over the winter to the beaches, you know, we spend some uh, so a lot of effort with machinery trying to get rid of some of that debris as well. Uh, but it's a great day, and, and uh, you know, we get probably a 1,000 volunteers that come out that day, you know, scout groups, school groups, PTOs. Uh, some of the business community members come out with teams from their businesses and corporate world, and not everybody does it that day. Some of them do it during the week, the week before, the week after, but it culminates in thousands of man hours, and it really gives a lift to the whole city. When you drive around, you see the work, and the amount of debris that's been cleaned up is pretty amazing. So, um, and you know, you go to some of the schools; the principal will be there with a rake. Yeah. Some of the teachers, along with the PTO people, it's it's really pretty cool. Uh, we have a great community, and it's another example of what a great community we have because the people just continue to give and give and give. Yeah, I'm amazed at the groups that come out too. Uh, my sister in law is part of the PTO at Parker School because my nieces go there. Yeah. And uh, you know, I, I drove by last year after we were finished doing it here at City Hall and. They're all planting things. So all kinds of different groups come out, and kids, student union groups, and they're cleaning up the beaches and things like that. It's really exciting. Yeah, day. beaches. Some of the schools are planting flowers or spreading mulch, or you know, they may awesome. be even painting some benches and things. So it's really, really a cool day. That's um, great. And the, uh, the guy that came up with the theme, calling it Clean and Green, it was my old pal Ray Catanio. He was uh, <laughs> the park director years ago, and he's the one that uh, coined the day cleaner greener. So uh, great guy. We still remember Ray. What a great guy he That's was. Fantastic. Well, thanks, Mayor, for sharing that. Uh, let's move on to what's happening tomorrow. The Vietnam Memorial. You were going to be at the Vietnam Memorial tomorrow, which is yep. uh, Thursday, the twenty fifth. So let's talk about that a little bit. Sure, sure. That's been going on for a number of years as well. Um, I, you know, first of all, thank Larry Norton and um, Tommy Belinda. Both of them kind of been coordinate this for years. They're Vietnam Combat Veterans uh, Organization that they've had. And it's essentially really been about to remember uh, particularly the 48 men from Quincy who were killed serving in the Vietnam conflict and war and uh, and also to honor those that served. I mean, it you know, when you look back at the history and, you know, World War One 
you know, they came back as heroes. World War II, they came back as heroes. Uh, Korea, um, they got a good warm welcome back. Uh, Vietnam, they were spit on. They were they were cast out. They were looked at as as thugs and and baby killers. And it was just ridiculous what occurred uh, during that time. So, uh, you know, over the years, the last several years, particularly in Quincy, uh, due to their leadership and and others from the veterans community, that this has been a great um, time of healing for these guys. I mean, they. Um, you know, they were sent off um, to do a task. Uh, they didn't set policy. It wasn't uh, them that made the call to go and not to go. Um, you know, they responded to the call of the nation, and, and they were over helping. Uh, if you, if you, and you can't, you, you know, you got to put yourself back in that time, really, to understand what was going on globally. Uh, you know, you look at the Berlin Wall and, and, you know, JFK's speech in Berlin, and the spread of communism was, was going crazy around the world, and, and there was a firm belief that we had to support our uh, fellow countries out there that were fighting for freedom. So, you know, it, unfortunately, um, you know, the guys that were sent there were never allowed to win the war. I mean, it was one of those things that if you're gonna if you're gonna get in, then you got to let them do their thing and win the thing. But it, that was never allowed. So it was it was a tough tough conflict because it was uh, it was like fighting with one hand behind your back. You know. Um, but having said all that, there's the O'Connell's uh, Connell family out at Marina Bay many years ago at their own expense built this beautiful clock tower out there on the boardwalk and inscribed on that talk, clock tower is the 48 names of Quincy people who were killed in that, in that war. And uh, each year uh, we've gathered at that clock tower at 2 o'clock. We've had keynote speakers over the years. We've had generals. We've had uh, all kinds of folks of, of uh, military status and, and others um, that have uh, you know, showed up and, and, and gave impassioned speeches. Um, some of the years we've dedicated intersections in the, in the morning of the event, um, one year we went to North Quincy High and we dedicated the Atrium of Honor. We had Dick Stratton up, one of the longtime POWs from Vietnam War. And Dick was a North Quincy High grad. He lives in Florida with his with his wife. I'm in touch with him periodically, a great guy. Uh, one of the saddest stories of, of all was that of Alan um, Bredno. Uh, Alan Bredno was a North Quincy High grad, went on to MIT, brilliant, wanted to be an astronaut, Obviously drafted into the uh, into the service, he was a pilot. He was shot down, and he was a POW for seven and a half years. He is one of the longest serving POWs in our nation's history. Uh, remarkable uh, story. His father was a phys- physician here in Quincy, well known uh, physician, well liked, um, and that was uh, that was truly devastating. And and uh, you know his brother Bob comes up each year, and he's spoken a number of times, and he has spoken about how much the event in Quincy has helped him and his family kind of heal with the loss of, of, uh, of his brother. And the, the real unfortunate part of Alan's death was uh, he made it home. He took his own life within three months because the, there weren't the support system then that there is today. Um, his name was added to the uh, wall in Vietnam. Mm. He was probably one of the, probably the poster child for, for, uh, POWs, for, yeah. for for PSD, uh, SD, PTSD, so yeah. um, it wasn't really recognized then, and wow. um, you know, so his wife had moved on, uh, you know, and uh, you know, so he come home, and and um, you know, it was very hard for him and tough adjustment. He took his own life, and um, it was it was a little controversy whether his name should go on that wall because they uh, they argued it's people that died in combat. Well, you know, he did seven and a half years in a prison camp, and. He was uh, obviously deeply affected by but w- what went on over there. So, um, unfortunately, we lost Alan Bredno many years ago, but his name's on that wall, and he's got a square up near Norfolk Downs. They lived on Albion Road, uh, the family, and uh, his brother Bob work, uh, works and lives in D.C., and 
He's actually he reached out to me recently. He's bringing his grandkids up um, for a tour of some of his Quincy that he grew up in to show them uh, the area and some of the historic spots. And also, it, you know, if you're around, um, certainly, folks, um, it's a great take um, just to come out and honor these guys. A lot of the guys that are there are veterans, many of them from Vietnam, but there's some guys from Korea. To, um, very few World War II guys left. There might be one or two there. Um, but, you know, we, we can't forget. And, I, and I, I think it's so important to our young people to understand our history. And the history is all around us. Um, and for anyone that just walks down the boardwalk, maybe has never noticed the names in that clock tower, you know, take a minute and walk over and look at those names. With each of those names is a story, is a face, is a family. Sure. And these, these kids left their families, and some of them were 18, 19, 20 years old and never came home or came home in a casket. And um, we shouldn't remember, you know, we should always remember that, that uh, freedom isn't free, as they say. Uh, a lot of people have given great sacrifice for the freedoms we enjoy today, and I think that's forgotten pretty quickly. And when people say never forget, it sounds like a saying, but this is what it means. That's, that's, what ex- it means. that's exactly right. You know, never forget. Learn from these things. Um, but always honor the veteran because um, they've stepped up each and every uh, generation. Uh, and and this, this city has an incredible history with that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, whether it's going back to the revolutionary time and go over to the Hancock Cemetery and see names on the plaque there that, people from Quincy that served in the Revolutionary War, and then all the way through. I mean, we've got a monuments all over the city. Uh, cemeteries are decorated each Memorial Day and Veterans Day. You can see all those flags, all the thousands of men and women that served in the military. Um, so, you know, it's, it's important uh, to remember, and uh, it sounds corny to say that, never forget, but uh, there's a reason. And, you know, I, I don't think we teach enough in our schools about the history of, of we, you know, we're a land of, a melting pot, a lot of newcomers come here. They ought to understand and learn uh, what the traditions are here and what uh, what the sacrifices have been made, not only for us, but for other nations and other citizens around the world. Speaking of remembering our history and recognizing our history, it's something that you've been very active in tasking a few of us to meet with over the last year and a half, to meet with the, Massachu- the Ponkapog Band of the Massachusetts Tribe of um, Native Americans or indigenous peoples that were here before us. Yes. And that's been really exciting. So talk a little bit about that. That has been exciting. Um, you know, and, and, um, and we had a, a group of uh, representatives from the tribe that came to the dedication of the Hancock Adams Common back in, uh, back in September. And uh, it's been really engaging and enlightening for me, I mean, to learn more about, you know, we talk about the Quincy 400. We've been talking about the settlement in 1625, but for hundreds and thousands of years, there were folks here before us, and uh, was really their land. Um, so it, it's re- really neat. You hear about uh, various tribes, usually in relation to somebody building a casino. Um, you know, this this group of uh, folks that uh, are descendants of the Massachusetts Ponkapog tribe um, called Quincy their home. It was their summer home, and they used to winter out in uh, Franklin and Walpole out that area. But this was the place to be. The fishing stock was incredible, farmland, agricultural here. In fact, it became quite a trading place. They they said it was like the New York City of the time for, <laughs> That's right. for trading. I mean, it's pretty fascinating when you think about that. And, of course, not all tribes are friendly, so there were great conflicts to try to steal the food. And and uh, I know we talked about it, I think, once or twice before, but when Colonel John Quincy, who Quincy's named for, was the head of the militia, he actually protected the local uh, local tribes, the indigenous folks from this area. So it was, it was rather interesting. Uh, though we generally hear about certain tribes, um, we don't hear a lot about these folks. So 
we're going to be talking a little bit more about them um, and uh, in their lands, which is our land today, and going forward of the partnerships we're going to be building with them. Uh, you know, in talking to them, I know, Mark, we, we had some great conversations. The, the area around uh, Broad Meadows, which uh, has been kind of reclaimed, uh, Passing a Gesset, I think it's called. Passing a Gesset, yeah. Um, you know, that was due in part to the kids of Broad Meadows doing a lot of research and and members of this tribe were part of that. And uh, so that that's kind of like holy ground to them, as is Squaw Rock, as is the hummock over on uh, Squanum Street. Yep. We, and they, you know, they talked a little bit about the importance of each of those locations. They really are sacred ground to them. And you look at Quincy, a lot of our streets are named, uh, you know, you, you look down in Marymount area, you got, and you got a lot of streets named Chickatobit, uh Pontiac, um, Narragansett. Uh, yeah. there's, there's, there's a bunch of them, and it's kind of cool. Uh, that we've honored their their uh, their contributions and their heritage, but much to do uh, on this issue. Look forward to it. I know that um, in the news recently, City Council Harris reached out to a, a different tribe that had some history in Long Island and their concerns about the Long Island Bridge. And uh, but you know, this again, we we talk about history. We we got to know who we are and where we've been and where we're going. And and uh, certainly, uh, I want to make sure that we honor this tribe as as they deserve. Uh, as we go forward with the, and continue to celebrate at Quincy 400 going forward. Yeah, this has been one of the favorite parts of, that you've actually tasked me to be a part of, which I've loved, enjoyed so much in meeting with Ferris and Ren Gray of the Massachusetts tribe. Um, and with their 30 years of history that they've been sharing with us, and really, uh, this is this has been really, really exciting. So uh, I just wanted to touch base on that a little bit. It is, and we're going to we're gonna get our, uh, we want to get a history right. I mean, you don't hear much about this group. And, and their roots are right here. So yeah. I think it's important that that story is told. And, of course, as, as we discussed, and as you know, Mark, that uh, there were some great, great artifacts found at Caddy Park a number of years ago, and they were excavating. And uh, they go back like four or 5,000 years, some of these artifacts. And uh, these artifacts belong to these folks. That uh, you know, So we, they want to see some of those artifacts come back to Quincy where they belong. And that was, that was them speaking, not me. So I, as yeah. you know, we talked about making some of that part of the Quincy Museum that we have at City Hall, and it'd be rather appropriate, and uh, I think at least. And uh, so we're working on a number of those issues, as you know. I should say you're working on them uh, because I've tasked you to work on them, but uh, it's exciting stuff. It's a real part of our history, so we should continue down that road. And uh, who knows, at some point, maybe we'll build a statue to Chicka Tobit. Yeah, looking forward to talking more about that as we move forward. Thanks, Mayor. Uh, and finally, you know, we've touched base on this about four episodes ago. It's good to sort of talk about a little bit of an update because there is an update more on the new uh, police station fire EMT or emergency services facility that you're looking at building. So let's talk a little bit about that. Sure. Uh, my team presented to the city council this past week a, um, a plan, conceptual drawings, a layout and plan for a new uh, public safety headquarters. Now, um, if you've driven by C Street, Southern Otter, you've seen uh, the police station. Uh, maybe some of you don't know what it is. Um, that big, ugly building on the corner. Uh, <laughs> I think people know by now. It's, it's really, uh, uh, really was not well done, in my opinion. Um, and I know it's easy to look back and be critical, but uh, that one is an easy one. Um, you know, they spent, I think the city at the time in the mid-'80s spent about $9 million renovating and expanding an old building that was... Um, they probably should have been looking at a new building, probably for the same amount of money. You, you could have built a new one behind it and then knocked it down. I really don't know at the time what the thinking was, but in, in any case, the building is a mess. There's leaks everywhere. HVAC is poor. The basement's in the floodplain. That floods uh, certain times of the year. Uh, structural issues all throughout the building. It's it's a mess. And uh, 
and it's an eyesore. So, um, you know, we've been working behind the scenes for about a year with a, we got some money from the city council to do some design and some uh, conceptual, and then we were to report back to them, which we did. Some of them had questions on what the number's going to be. We're still figuring that cost out. The cost of construction in the Boston area, the Quincy area, is is gone through the roof per square foot. It's going to be, uh, it's not going to be cheap no matter how we look at it. However, uh, bonding and borrowing uh, money is very cheap right now, so it makes sense to, to deal with it. So looking at a new building, so the, the concept is, uh, would be that, uh, the parking lot that you see now when you're driving down C Street across the Mount Walson Cemetery, uh, the first phase of the building would be built there, which would largely take care of the police, um, some of the fire administration, and the emergency management operation. Then knock the old building down, and then the second phase of the building be built toward that corner, which would include space for the health department, inspectional services, and veteran services. Veteran services is in a little bungalow on High School Ave., in the square, it's really not um, not even close to what class offices should be in dealing with the public. Uh, it literally is an old bungalow and, and, and could use a, um, it could use a much better situation. So there's that. The Council on Aging is expanding at the Kennedy Center. They need more space. Um, and uh, so the health department, which we put down there temporarily anyway, knowing that at some point would be finding a new home, would come here. And in special services, which is all the um, building inspection, wiring, plumbing, uh, code enforcement. Uh, and they have some uh, overlap with some of the jurisdiction of the health department anyway. Um, so it has some you know, some synergy to be together in this building. They're on top of each other at the DPW headquarters at 55 C Street. So there's a lot of moving parts to this, but I think it makes a lot of sense. This would be a 100-year a plan. Uh, we looked originally whether we should include a station for the apparatus and um, the problem would be would there be a, a real ad- adverse effect on South Quincy. We would lose two and a half to three minutes response time if we move the headquarters apparatus down to this corner. So I don't want to do that. Um, so what we're going to do is we'll move the administrative piece of the fire to this building. Chief's office, uh, deputy chief, administration, fire prevention. Uh, there'll be classrooms and training facilities in the building for both police and fire to share. Emergency management, which, which is currently at uh, the park complex, uh, named for my dad on Marymount Parkway. Um, and I think, you know, working with the unions, we could get the 911 system together in, under one roof uh, once and for all, uh, which I think would make us more efficient, uh, you know, meet the demands of today with technology, upgrade technology everywhere. The city's growing, um, you know, and uh, we deserve, uh, the city deserves um a public safety complex that we can be proud of that will serve the citizens of the city uh, so well. So there's a process to go. We're looking at um, taking the purchasing the old Bryan Post on Broad Street. Um, so with the the land would stretch from C Street over to Broad Street. We'd be looking at some traffic improvements at that corner, widening C Street, providing more queuing space. That is a busy, busy corner. 3A comes up from the South Shore, cuts through that section, Goes down the beach to get the bus, and you know, in the morning, and come on home at night. So it it deals with a lot of volume of traffic at that. So we're going to try to deal with that at the same time as well. Uh, Father Bills um, is involved in this. They we need the land where the Father Bills is currently on, which is a city building, the old registry, and uh, we're working with them to try to find a new footprint within uh, within the, the you know the property around that area down on Broad Street. So we're still working through a lot of the pieces, if you will. Uh, but we did want to give the council uh, a bit of an update on where we're at. Um, you know, the building, 
uh, design um, has some similarity to the Coddington building. Um, the first iterations they came back with, I wasn't real pleased with. Honestly, I wanted something that was timeless. I wanted something that, you know, the city deserves in its history, you know, some brick and some granite and uh, yes. respect the Mount Wollaston Cemetery, the beautiful National Historic landmark that it is across the street. Uh, right now you're over there, you look across and you're looking at a mess, a real mess, you know. So I think overall this would be a, a great plan that will serve police and fire and urban emergency management and those other departments the next 50 to 100 years with uh, all the right technology. You know, we're a city of 100,000 market, uh, and we gotta we got to act like it. And um, the operation that's at, the, at C Street right now is not adequate. Um, I won't go to far as to say this is a disgrace, but it certainly has a lot of shortcomings in service from the people of the city. And on that note, Mayor, it's a great note to end on. Thank you very much for another edition of City View with Mayor Tom Koch. And I want to remind everybody, if you get a chance to uh, hop on over to YouTube, to the City of Quincy official uh, YouTube channel, you'll find lots of videos on there from the past, but you'll also find some brand new ones starting this week uh, with City View with Mayor Tom Koch. This week, we actually went over to the to the new development that's happening over where the old Hancock lot used to be, and that new garage that's going up like super fast and you can see some nice footage of that and the mayor talking about it with some of the folks over at lee kennedy uh also next week we'll talk about more things and we'll have more videos and more podcasts and tell your friends about it thank you very much and mayor thank you for another great show thanks mike